Hi, this is Elliot, host of Inspired Edinburgh. Please come and check out our Facebook page for all of the latest updates. If I could ask a small favour, please could you subscribe and review our show on iTunes. By doing this, you'll be helping us reach a wider audience and have a greater impact by challenging perceptions and encouraging people to live a more conscious life. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Inspired Edinburgh. Powerful conversations helping you reconnect with your purpose. I'm Elliot Reeves and my guest today is Maxwell Muir. Max is the founder of Action for Dogs, an organisation whose mission is to help owners understand their pets better so they can achieve a natural relationship and one without confrontation. You're a fully certified dog trainer and deliver coaching, seminars and workshops throughout the UK. You've lectured internationally on dog behaviour and are a sponsor of Labrador Retriever Rescue Scotland. You're currently shifting your focus towards motivational speaking and personal development coaching, which I very much look forward to speaking to you about. Max, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Elliot. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. It's great to have you here. Um, I've enjoyed meeting you and you know having a sort of coffee and catch up, and I look forward to having a good deep conversation with you. Likewise. <laughs> great stuff. <laughs> So I suppose, you know, there's, there's no point in hanging around and um, we'll, we'll kick off and find out, you know, who is Maxwell Muir? Maxwell Muir has, uh, well, <laughs> there's been a lot of changes uh, in the last um, 15 years or so. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose in recent years, I decided to get my finger out and get a move on and go towards what my purpose was. But, but because I worked a regular job uh, during that time, I started to set my mind to and ask myself, what would I really like to do? Mm -hmm. Or at least find somewhere that takes me off in that direction, even if I didn't know exactly what I wanted then. Uh -huh. And um, I started to doing that. And I worked for Royal Mail. Uh, 20 years at Postman. Um, I worked on food, I worked on delivery, and during that time, I uh, started to take a degree in dog behavior. I, I started a part-time business working with dogs, and mm. th the the business grew. Um, uh, what I did in dog training grew, and now I find myself moving towards the motivational speaking circuit, the public speaking circuit, and from here on, I have my goals, but who knows? Uh, yeah. Let's see. <laughs> excellent, excellent. It's a good overview. Um, going back, I suppose, to your earlier life, um, it would be great to know, I suppose, like where you grew up, um, you know, what I suppose you were like growing up and, and what growing up was like for you. I was born in Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. I was brought up into a normal working class family in Pennycook. I have one younger brother. Um, my father was a truck driver. Really? And he drove livestock trucks and then he drove um, big heavy goods vehicles and then he progressed to having his own business, um, uh, window cleaning, uh, one man show in Edinburgh. Okay. Um, during that time, I went to school in Pennycook. As a child, I was a sort of quite reserved. I wasn't your run of the mill, run with the crowd of boys playing football and stuff like that. I was known as a dreamer. <laughs> um, my imagination was my own little world. Uh, I was fascinated by adventure. Um, I had my heroes who, who, who were people like Jesse James, 
Billy the Kid. I was fascinated by the Old West. Um, our own Scottish heroes, Robert the Bruce, William Wallace, mm -hmm. figures like Robin Hood. So my imagination provided an outlet for my dreams. Mm -hmm. And um, it, people essentially it went against the grain in life and they are still my heroes in many ways. Uh, and so mm -hmm. I, I, my, my childhood journey w w was very much forged with those characters and personality in mind. Yeah, excellent. We've sort of touched upon this in the past, although not talked about it at any real length. I gather that you didn't have maybe the most pleasant childhood in some respects? I didn't enjoy school. Okay. Uh, Marvellous family. Uh, couldn't ask for a better family uh, upbringing and, and surroundings, but it was very much, I kept a lot of things to myself. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't have the happiest of school memories. Um, like I say, I wasn't one of the crowd. I felt a little bit different from everyone. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a few select friends. Okay. But like I say, when the rest were playing football or in on something else, um, I would take myself off into the woods or the, uh, other places to play, ruins, stuff <laughs> like that. Exploring ruins was a big thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. You, you obviously you said that you were kind of a dreamer. What were your aspirations? What did you, what did you think you were going to do when you left school and when you were growing up? When I was growing up, uh, I really, I really didn't care so much about earning a living. Um, my imagination, like I say, it provided that outlet. But but I saw myself maybe as acting, okay, writing being an author and I still use those outlets in one way or another today so yeah. that that still very much shaped who I am today um, uh, although now I've put those pursuits into more serious um, uh, avenues but uh, leaving school was a great experience uh, I remember walking out the school gates for the last time and think <laughs> okay now I can start my journey and although I wasn't focused intently enough to, to know where I was going, you know, I traveled, I worked a series of jobs, I, um, I still didn't know what I wanted to do, but enjoying the aspect of freedom and do my own thing was very important to me. Yeah. What, what was your initial career journey then? I left school, I worked in a walled garden, uh, I went into horticulture. I don't know why, I just chose something mm -hmm. uh, as a job. Um, I went to college in Cooper in Fife uh, oh, for okay. one year full time, I obtained horticultural qualification, but my interests were basically around the new friends I'd met and the, and the social activities that, that, that come with being a student. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so w when did you discover your, your passion for dogs? From a very young age, I grew up with hunting hounds, lurchers, mm -hmm. sight hounds, terrier work, and in those days you could hunt. Uh, so my dad mm -hmm. was very much a hunter. We would go down to the border moors and we had permission to hunt in certain grounds, so I would tag along. I found a lot of comfort in the dogs, uh, spending time with the dogs, although I'd, I had no intentions ever of becoming a dog trainer <laughs> or, or of going into that walk of life. It seemed natural to me, I enjoyed the company. 
I used to get scolded at times for sleeping in the kennels and uh, softening up the dogs. Dogs were for work, you know. Uh, <laughs> but I found a lot of pleasure in being with the dogs. I felt I understood them. Mm -hmm. I, fe I felt understood uh, myself. I enjoyed the comfort I got from dogs. And from a very young age, um, it, even growing up on my travels, uh, dogs were very much a part of that. Uh, dogs that came into my life, that left my life, and um, they've always been around. They've, they've always been around. It's the most natural company for me, mm -hmm. is being with a dog. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm really interested to hear about um, maybe more of the sort of psychological aspect in terms of human and animal interaction. Um, what have been your, your learnings with regards to that? Dogs are very, um, what you see is what you get. Yeah. Uh, once you understand um, that canine behavior, how they, com how they communicate, how they perceive the world, mm -hmm. how they learn, dogs share the same emotions as us. They, they, they get happy, they get depressed, they get irritated, they get angry, they get frustrated, all those emotions. So they're very sentient beings. Mm -hmm. they're, they're very emotional beings. And I think that's the glue that bound us together. And I, yeah. I, I certainly learned a lot from dogs, from the different natures of dogs, just by observing. Observation mm -hmm. tools when probably the best tool that uh, you can have. Um, yeah. And um, uh, dogs have taught me many things. They've taught me humility. They, 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 they've taught me many things with working with different dogs with behavioral problems. Mostly dogs that are misunderstood okay. or, or their behavior has been misinterpreted. Um, the, the void between human and canine is is so vastly misunderstood, especially in today's society. Many dogs are bought as trinkets. <laughs> They're bought for aesthetical qualities. There are many breeds now that are bought just because they look beautiful. Yeah. But there's so very little understanding into what makes those dogs tick. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, they have canine brains. They think like canines. They are canines, re regardless of the breed that they actually are. Mm -hmm. So how do dogs think? Dogs learn by direct association. They don't have the options that we have. They're not able to reason things out in life. So even although they're domesticated, the difference between domesticated dogs and wild canines mm -hmm. are purely habituation and socialization. If we didn't do that, they, they would grow up like street dogs or feral dogs. Mm -hmm. um, they learn, they associate things, powerful events, and that shapes their experiences. The number one thing to any dog is feelings of safety. Even before thirst or hunger, dogs need to feel safe. And when we bring them up in our civilization, and we have such things as built up areas, leads, certain restrictions, certain boundaries. We've got to teach them that, but we've also got to slowly nurture them to our, to our surroundings. Yeah. And we need to take notice of what they fear, what concerns them, mm -hmm. and if they can handle it or not. You know, um, Any training or relationship sh should be tailored to an individual dog. They all have individual needs. Yeah. So people th that you work with are clients with their dogs, what are the most 
common things that they're looking for um, and what are the most common problems that you have to address? Okay. Common training requests normally go, go in at getting a dog to come back to them, establishing <laughs> really? a good recall. Yeah. It's, it's the number one most important thing that we need from our dogs. Yeah. W walking nicely on a leash. Natural canine behaviours like jumping up, licking, mouthing. When we talk about behavioural problems, there's a whole host of behaviours from separation anxieties, natural fears and concerns. We don't consider that dogs have natural fear periods in their lives, mm. which is part of the fight and flight syndrome. Mm -hmm. What's safe and what's not. Um, when dogs get irritated like us, it can give birth to problems relating to aggression, reactivity, yeah. and how we deal with them can exacerbate those problems. It's how we understand them and how we deal with them that can determine whether that problem can get better or worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good stuff. So when you started your own business, I mean, do, I suppose, do you consider yourself to be entrepreneurial? Do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? And what was it like shifting from a, an employee to being self-employed? The shift was very difficult because I was holding down a full-time job. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a husband and a father. I put in more hours with the dogs than I did with Royal Mail. <laughs> so doing the, I was also taking my qualifications. Jeez. So I was heading towards burnout for about, I was eight years part-time before I decided to break loose. Oh, right. and go full-time with the dogs. So th those latter three years were very difficult. But that's the price you pay to, to have change. Nothing happens overnight. So I knew something would have to give uh, somewhere along the line. I never set out to be entrepreneurial in any way, <laughs> uh, shape or form. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to do something I love. And my wife, Cecile, actually pushed me into it. She, she says, you know, you, you love dogs. It's a natural transition for you. Uh -huh. Let's see what you can do. So um, she did a bit of the groundwork for me and uh, I made the transition. Yeah. And I, how much has that work allowed you to develop your, your speaking? Massively. Yeah. Um, uh, unintentionally, um, <laughs> uh, part of that, the, 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 the more I started to learn about dogs, mm -hmm. the more I wanted to share. And the best place to share anything is through public speaking. So I started to put on, I put on my first talk, six people came. <laughs> when six, was that? Six people turned up to my first event in Edinburgh. <laughs> that was um, four years ago, I think. Okay, so reasonably recent. Around four years ago. And um, I thought, okay, I'm going to treat it like it's 66 people. And I carried on with the event. I did speak in Bilbao. I got asked to speak in dog behavior for a 20-minute talk at a European Dog Trainers Convention. That was my first experience of speaking in front of a crowd. And I rehearsed furiously. I had all the nerves and... Um, anxiousness of a first-time speaker, but, but I thoroughly enjoyed the experience. Mm -hmm. um, I spoke in Norway again for the same organization shortly after that. 
encountered new problems. My laptop crashed on me and um, I had to ad lib for about three quarters of an hour. So really? th th that's all valuable experience in public speaking. But, but, but the more I invested in doing workshops in public talks and speaking, the more I started to like it. My communication skills developed, my knowledge developed more. When you say something often enough, it, it, it's there. It mm -hmm. just lodges in your brain. I love to work with people. I love to coach people. I love to train people. Mm -hmm. Very much part of my work is not so much training dogs, it's coaching people, giving them a new approach, mm -hmm. um, reasoning with them, helping them to adopt a new attitude towards things and and it's grown from there the, the public speaking again was not intentional but I love it and it seems now a natural progression to go from that to, mm -hmm. to where I am now that's excellent it's really good it, it's kind of fascinating how working with dogs has kind of taken you on this new journey almost it's amazing yeah it's you could call it a digression uh -huh. do I want to be a dog trainer all my life I would like to work with dogs all my life, but uh, whether I'm doing that solely for a living, um, uh, who knows? Uh, I love this new area uh -huh. of speaking, and I, I intend to take that as far as it can go. Yeah. So what are the types of things that you hope to be speaking about? Topics along the line of my own personal struggles. Okay. It's, there are lots of people out there who are branding themselves as motivational speakers. Some good, but, but a lot of speakers just have a bag full of quotes, <laughs> I've found. Yeah. And life's more than having a bag full of quotes. If I quote something, I've been through it personally. I know about the struggles. I know about lack of confidence and self-esteem. Mm -hmm. I know what it is to think negatively. I know how to change bad habits, how to implement new habits, how to get over the struggle. Mm -hmm. I know how to face rejection. I've faced it many times. I've been told no. I've been told that I've had a lack of self-belief. I've been told that I would never make it. I've been mocked for my choices in life. This all propels me mm -hmm. to, to, it drives me forward. Um, when I'm told that, it's actually fuel. It's fuel for my engine to do that. So motivational quotes are good. Some are very inspiring for me. Some I've been deeply moved by, but that's because they're pertinent to experiences that, 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 that I've endured in the past. Yeah. What are some of the personal battles that you've had? Oh. Lack of self-esteem and self-belief. I didn't grow up a confident person. Mm -hmm. um, I was extremely underconfident. I was very self-conscious of what people thought or what I thought they may have thought. Ah, uh, okay. Um, I've endured the loss of close friends. Mm -hmm. I have endured uh, disappointment. I have walked away from opportunity because I haven't had the confidence to follow it through. Um, when I decided to change and work on building my confidence all those years ago, mm -hmm. 
it was a very emotional journey. I think it's an emotional journey for anyone to, to acknowledge their, their weaknesses and to make a strategic effort to build on them, mm -hmm. to become all they can be, because we all have that potential. Everyone has that potential. Every living soul has the capability of being what they want to be. I'm absolutely convinced of that. Mm -hmm. And if I can do it, th they can do it. And I will. It's an ongoing battle. It's an ongoing s discovery of self. Mm -hmm. um, you may let go of some things that got you there or some things that you've believed in in the past. Uh, and you, you, you build new beliefs. You, you build a new faith in yourself. You not only rise to challenges when they come, but you make challenges happen for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Life is about opportunities and w w we have the, ta the talent to generate those opportunities as well. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, that's very much been part of everything that I try and motivate people on, mm -hmm. I've been through. It's brilliant, Max, R very, very inspiring. What are some of the things that you did to overcome your limiting beliefs? And what are some of the things that you, you maybe did to block out the thoughts that, well, how other people perceived you? You know, this, this fear of what are people going to think about me? Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm a great believer in visualization. Okay. So I think you need to visualize ultimately, not so much what you would like to become, but the person you would like to be and acknowledge the qualities that, that it, it's going to take to get you there. So to acknowledge your negative self-talk, a lot mm -hmm. of negativity comes with what we tell ourselves. Yeah. It comes with the language we use. It comes with the, the, the body posture we adopt that goes with that language. Mm -hmm. I think that we need to see that clearly and plan change. Scientists reckon it takes about four to six weeks to establish a new habit, mm -hmm. but it also takes that time to dissolve a new one. <laughs> you don't eradicate habits. You have to replace them with new ones. Yes. Yeah. And I think you need to make a very concerted plan, which is what I did. I've read everything three, four, five times over that is out there on um, motivation. I have soaked up self-help books. I know them inside out, back to front. But at the end of the day, I think you need the identity of who you would like to be and the qualities that you would like to refine in yourself. And I think with each step you make along mm -hmm. the way, your confidence builds anyway. So a lot of that self-talk, the new self-talk that you, that, that you start to use, that pushes the thoughts of others to the side. I put a post on my Facebook just the other day. If you're sensitive, let the sayings of others hurt you to action <laughs> and prove them wrong. Mm -hmm. That is the greatest answer you can give yourself and other people mm -hmm. is your actions where you can claim and people can see for themselves. This guy really persevered through his struggles. He's had complete and utter belief in what he's doing. And he's getting there. He's getting there. And anyone that do that, I have notebooks, piles of them lying all over the house. 
all over my study of notes I'd taken about myself back then. Yeah. I went nowhere without a notebook and pen. If thoughts came into my head, whether it's about myself or about life in general, I would take it out and I would write it down. I know nowadays it's um, quite easy to do that with your phone. I still prefer the notebook and pen. Mm. There's a power yeah. in writing something down. <laughs> and I still reflect on those notebooks. They, they are more, they're more precious to me than any money in the bank. Really? I would hate to lose those um, but, but because that's, that's a map of my journey. Uh -huh. That's a hist historic route that, that I've taken. Now what other people say, it does not affect me. It, it, it will not sway me from my course. That's a f something that I've conquered. So uh, it, to me, that's success. That's one definition of success. Mm -hmm. um, to, I I love constructive criticism. I'm not so much one for praise. <laughs> it's okay. Mm -hmm. I, I prefer someone to say, you know, you could maybe do this a little bit. You could maybe improve on that. That's valuable to me, constructive criticism. So I think it's learning to take criticism yeah. and identify that it's there for your own good if it's constructive. Yeah. yeah I suppose it's allowing your, or suppressing your ego Absolutely. Um, there, there's no ego. Yeah. There's absolutely no ego. It's uh, when you develop a, when you break free of fear, your love of life explodes <laughs> and your love of people explodes. You, you give everything that you get back. And that there's, I think to be precious and to be tight and hold on to things and hold everything in and it, it, whether it's knowledge in, in this day and age of knowledge we have no right to hold on to anything yeah it's uh, you, you can get anything free on the, the internet or whatever but whatever you know give it out and that's what i intend to do with my motivational speaking if it can inspire someone to overcome their fear mm -hmm. if it can inspire someone to set goals and go for what they want then great that's absolutely brilliant that's music to my ears <laughs> So how does the you of today compared to the you of old? Big difference, <laughs> massive difference. Uh, part of that journey was uh, when I visualized the Max that, that I wanted to be, I have to invite that guy in uh, uh, quite a lot. Back then, I was quite scared of him because he held me accountable. Oh, okay. So it's uh, when I visualize them, never don't fear that accountability. I, I, I like that accountability. Um, I like challenge. I like self-help, self-improvement. Mm -hmm. Bruce Lee, uh, uh, one of my heroes once said, there's no help but self-help. <laughs> and all these motivational books are great. All these self-help books are excellent. But at the end of the day, if you can't take them off the page yeah. and implement them into your life, mm. they're of no help at all. We need to be able to give it a pulse, put something into practice. It's, I remember someone said to Tiger Woods in an interview, a lot of your game is luck. He says, you know, it's funny. The more I practice, luckier I get. Yeah. 
and I think when you practice something often enough, you get really, really good at it. You get really good at confident with it. Anything is all about practice. Nobody gets there without practice. Yeah. No one. Absolutely. How would you encourage others to take the first step and move towards improving themselves? Okay. They have to start with acknowledging their weaknesses. Mm -hmm. they, they, it's like molding a bit of clay or it's like chipping away at a sculpture. And they need to start with self-talk. Then they need a plan. They need to decide what it is that they want to do. Setting your goals high are good. I don't think you can aim too high, mm -hmm. but you need to set achievable goals along the way. Otherwise you can become demotivated and, and become depressed. Yeah. Your progress has to be achievable. It, it, you have to be able to measure that progress. Mm -hmm. Not be in a hurry to hit your main goal. Life's about the journey. <laughs> it's about living, uh, you know, so enjoy your chosen path. The, the fact you're doing something you choose is successful. Mm -hmm. It's not the end goal that makes you successful. Mm -hmm. It's the change, the transition in your personality, your character, your attributes, tapping into your potential. That's what makes you successful. Success is not a one-time thing. It's, a, it, it's an everyday thing. Mm -hmm. Excellence, it's an attitude. It's waking up with it. That doesn't mean that we don't get down. It doesn't mean that we don't have any personal struggles. It, it doesn't mean that we don't have off days. Mm -hmm. We keep going back. We don't walk away. <laughs> we keep going back. <laughs> In terms of your original vision for yourself, how far along are you? in terms of achieving your your highest potential it has moved along at a rapid rate yeah when i decided i want to speak about something else um away from it, dog uh -huh. uh, related stuff i thought okay let's talk about self-help self-improvement let's talk about personal struggles and what you can do to overcome them it was an idea for a few years. I had to serve my apprenticeship and change myself first. Mm -hmm. But um, the, the steps I've taken to get there have gone remarkably fast. And there are new challenges uh, all the time, you know. It's, um, I've gone along to seminars to listen to speakers. Regardless of what they've been speaking about, I started paying a lot of attention to different types of speakers, mm -hmm. different speaking styles, how people project themselves on stage. And uh, I started to learn a lot. I was watching for stuff uh, rather than just listening to what they said. I would, I developed a habit of reading out loud. Okay. I developed a habit of, if I was reading a book and I, got the first half a dozen chapters done, I would put it down and at the end of the week I would put together a little five minute talk in the book. Okay. Just e either in front of the mirror or uh, in my home or something like this. Mm -hmm. It's an exercise in retaining knowledge. and But it's also an exercise in dictation. Mm -hmm. It's an exercise in self-consciousness, how you sound, how you move, <laughs> uh, how you express yourself. Um, you give yourself 
other challenges. Uh, recently, I've joined Toastmasters. I've, I've joined uh, public speaking workshops. I've gone along to environments where there are motivational speakers. So my networking has gone up and this has produced results for me. How important are uh, concentration and focus? V very important. <laughs> uh, two words that are very um, extremely valuable words for me. Yeah. That, that I made a short pitch for one minute on one in London in, in <laughs> front of a crowd of about 150 people. And we were given short notice on the one minute pitch. And lots of people didn't know what they were going to talk about. If I ask you to get up for one minute and talk about something, mm -hmm. <laughs> most people are scrambling their brains. What are we going to talk about? Yeah. So, so I'm in the men's room and I'm pacing back and forth, not frantically, um, very poised, but thinking, okay, concentrate, focus, concentrate, focus. I've always told myself to concentrate and focus. Really, yeah? So I thought, let's talk about that. They're powerful words. So concentration, to be able to put your mind on something and bar all the distractions. Mm -hmm. There are different levels of concentration and that can determine what you get out of something. Mm -hmm. There are deep, deep levels of concentration and focus. The alpha state, the beta state. And I spoke about people that are able to tap into these states. Mm -hmm. Michelangelo, Da Vinci, Einstein, people that produce brilliance. You need to use the exercise of coming up with ideas in your brain regularly yeah. to grow parts of your brain, to restructure it, to reshape it to be able to think on your feet, to, 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 to be able to um, get the most out of something. A lot of people can try to concentrate on something, but there's too many distractions. They go into Facebook, the phone goes, background music. I think you need to find an environment that you can give it absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. And if I really need to concentrate on something, I need to eliminate the environment. Yeah. That's very important to me. If I can't do that, I take myself off into a natural place, uh, like the forest or something like that, and I do it there. Mm. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's really interesting. Really interesting. They are obviously two words that are of immense power. Yeah. Yeah. The, there, there was a time in my life where I had to do a lot of soul searching. Tell me about that. And I, my best, I'd been living in Spain uh, for about a year and I came home and my friend was really, really ill. Okay. Um, he was dying of cancer. Mm. And he had a little Dalmatian puppy. He passed away and I took the puppy. And I went home one day to try and move in with my, my father. He says, well, you can stay, but the dog's got to go. Mm -hmm. This is a man who had spent his entire life with dogs and then he wanted to break free. He wanted to break without them. He didn't want them in the home. So we had a little debate, a friendly <laughs> debate, and I took off in the car. Effectively, I was homeless. 
I didn't I didn't have a job at the uh, at that time, so I took off with the dog in the car. I drove up to the Western Isles, not really planning to go in that direction. I just kept going, and it was getting late on in the afternoon. I pulled into a little place called Croophaven, which is on the west coast, and I walked into a pub called Lord of the Isles. It was very busy. Someone had called in sick. Uh, the bartender was struggling, asked him if he needed some help. I worked that night in the bar and he says, would you like a job? I says, yeah, great. I lived in a tent for four months. My God. Outside the pub. After those, uh, and there was some heavy weather coming in from the Atlantic. Uh, more than a few times the tent was flattened. And uh, after those few months, I found this old shell of a caravan uh, in the woods about a mile away and th th there were no fixing, there was no electronics, nothing, it was just a shell and I moved in there so uh, that was luxury to me, it, it was a step up from the tent. I worked seven days a week, day shifts and night shifts, one, one week, uh, at night shifts the week after. I fed my dog, I walked my dog, I had some responsibility and I spent about a year there. God. I spent about a year there and with no television, with no radio, with, with, with nothing but a few books and my clothes and what have you, I, uh, I lived under the stars uh, with that and um, that was a period of deep soul searching. I was still getting over the death of my friend, mm -hmm. I was getting over the isolation from my, my family home. Mm -hmm and not knowing where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do with my life. About three or four weeks into it, I remember the time when I sank to my knees and I thought, is this it? Is this what you've come to? You've cut yourself loose from everything. Is this what it's come to? You're working in a pub seven days a week. You have a little dog. Mm -hmm. Where am I going in life? and it took quite a while. I was broken away from my friends, yeah. so I didn't have any real friends. My social life was working behind the bar, yeah. and that took a lot of soul searching, a lot of sweat, a lot of tears, a lot of dark, mm -hmm. uh, darkness around that, and um, I probably look back in that now as one of the best periods of my life. I got a lot of answers about myself there. I, I came away from that experience with a lot of clarity about who I was. I came back with purpose. <laughs> I digressed from my route a bit when I did go back, um, but that experience alone, the, the, the environment was good. Being in touch with nature was good. The, being next to, to, to the ocean and the isles was good. Mm -hmm. um, island life was good. But as scary as it was, I knew coming through that, that I could come through anything mm -hmm. after it. And I took a lot of notes back then. <laughs> I still have them. Mm -hmm. uh, keeping a diary or keeping a journal is one of the best things that anyone can do, I think. Yeah. and. Uh, I think when you reflect on that, and it, it, it's a time that I reflect on frequently. <laughs> I'm always 
deeply thankful for that experience. How well do you feel you know yourself? Very well. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm capable of. I know that I have the ability to do whatever I put my mind to. I know when I have to prepare and get up for something. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm sensitive to. I think I'm 52 now, so the experiences as a child up until this time mm. have um, taught me not only a lot of valuable lessons, but they've helped me know myself. Hmm. Those tests have been there, not for a reason. I don't believe that everything's there for a reason okay. or uh, everything happens for a reason, but <laughs> I think we can take the most out of everything that happens. Oh. And whether we learn well from it or whether we regret it and mm. don't use it to, to our best advantage. Um, most people that I admire have come through struggle. Hmm. Um, most people that I look up to have come through personal struggle. Mm -hmm. Most high achievers that, that, that inspire me have mm -hmm. come through personal trouble, so, yeah. some worse than me. Um, my struggles are nothing in comparison to hmm. what many people have either gone through or lived through on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. But I think to, to not use your experiences, to not use your personal struggles as fuel for improvement and helping yourself is a shame. Uh, you know, we, we need to use that. Yeah. We owe it to ourselves hmm. to use that. Yeah. It's only through those experiences do you build real resilience. Absolutely. And, and by having the low lows, you then get to really enjoy the high highs. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think a, a certain element of maturity comes from that. Mm -hmm. So I think when you experience a high now, it's been earned. <laughs> you, you've went out your way, you've challenged yourself when yeah. you could have walked away. I think there are so many ideas, there are so many great inventions, there's so much untapped potential lying in the graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> Lenny McLean once says, that, that famous East End, uh, yeah. the East Ender, he, he, he says, most people go to their graves and they've never sung their best song. Mm. Or no one's heard it. <laughs> That's the crime against the person that you are to suppress what you're capable of, to walk away um, in the face of fear. It's a, uh, we all deal with fear. Mm -hmm. Every living being deals with fear. Some of us may suffer from fear so much that we wonder, I'm not as strong as that person um, or, or that person over there. They suffer fear too. L look at people that we look up to. Look at the great gladiators of life who, who, uh, who have inspired me, uh, whether they're from ancient Rome, uh, whether they're modern day gladiators in the boxing arena or the martial arts arena, they too suffer from fears. Mm -hmm. Mike Tyson, they, they had to work extra hard on building that man's mental strength mm -hmm. of uh, uh, build, uh, building his self-belief. Bruce Lee, worked relentlessly. He had every disadvantage anyone could have. Mm -hmm. um, I have great respect for 
we should be in awe of these people, but only because they, they, they've been a shining example on how to face your fears, conquer your fears, move on and yeah. use your fear as a tool rather than sh shrink away from it and shrink back from it. Yeah. I love fear. I love the smell of fear now because that drives me to work. I know I'm onto something. I've, I will always present myself with challenges that evoke fear. Yeah. I actually go in search of it in many ways now. Really? So, yes. <laughs> Public speaking, yeah. to go into that arena, um, if you rate people's fears, Public speaking is above dying. <laughs> Unbelievable. Public speaking is the number one fear in people's lives. Whether they're doing a best man speech or they have to make a presentation for their company. Um, the second one is dying. The third one is dying while you're public speaking. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. So I think to challenge those fears in all their different shapes and forms is... Uh, it's good for the soul. Uh -huh. It's good for a person to face their fears. It's good to prove to themselves that they can overcome a fear. Yeah. You just need a little bit of success uh -huh. and you can move mountains. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff, Max. Great stuff. You, you've obviously had such a, um, a major influence from, I suppose, the whole sort of personal development, self-help um, you know, area. When did you become interested in that? Many years ago, mm -hmm. uh, many years. Uh, Bruce Lee was a, a, a not so much the 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 action movies that he made or the the martial art that he did, but but his attitude towards life mm -hmm. captivated me. Um, how he saw life, the struggles he went through. I've read everything. I was giving my friend a hand move house one day. Uh, and he had a pile of books that he was throwing out. And I had a quick look through them. And one was uh, Jack Black at Mind Store okay. from Glasgow. And I says, can I take this? He says, yeah, sure. This is before I made any moves uh, towards public speaking. And I read through that book. And Jack Black was a social worker who was heavily affected by daily stress. And so, so much at one point that he felt like he was having a heart attack and, and things had to change. Sure. So reading about his personal struggle and overcoming stress, managing stress, understanding how stress works, which is so important. Mm -hmm. um, that was the first probably the first book that led me on the, the self-help route. From then on, I read Brian Tracy, Dale Carnegie, uh, Tony Robbins, mm -hmm. of course, and since then, I, I gorged myself in just about everything out there. So. Really? Yes. <laughs> and what's the, the is, is reading the way that you um, absorb your information? Do you also watch videos or podcasts? Or? I have ways of reading a book. Uh, first, I'll read the book through in its entirety. Mm -hmm. I'll read it twice with a yellow marker and pen. And then I'll read all the yellow stuff that I've marked out and I'll put my own personal <laughs> notes to it. Really? Yeah. Jeez. That, that, the, the, that's the way I read a book. 
I like to retain stuff that's valuable. Um, absorb what's useful and uh, throw the rest away. Uh -huh. And uh, I, I go through all my books like that. You, you'll find more notes in my books than you will words in the actual book itself. <laughs> but um, recently I've started to listen to podcasts and uh, uh, YouTube videos and stuff mm. like that. I don't dwell on them too much because a lot of it is repetitive. Mm -hmm. But I do make a lot of my own personal notes and I'm motivated by them. Hmm. I'll go back and say, look at something that, that I'd written down this time last month. What did it mean then? What does it mean now? Yeah. And when I can write down something that had strong emotions behind it, that's now what it motivates me. So what, what sorts of things are you writing? I'm writing perhaps the way I feel about something. I may write an affirmation about how I feel at the time. Mm -hmm. I may write a goal that, that I want to achieve by next month. Uh -huh. um, if I was feeling a bit lower, a bit down about something, the other Max might write, uh, write me a little note <laughs> and I'll go back and read that. Yeah. And then I'll be accountable for it. Uh -huh. And then I'll talk myself back into that state of mind. I've constantly sometimes have to put myself in that state of mind, particularly if I have challenge coming up. Challenge is very important to me, so that means that preparation is very important to yeah. me. And I think when you prepare, you, you put the weak side of you away because now you're called to action. Mm -hmm. And when you're called to action, it, it doesn't matter what you've gone through that week or that day. Mm -hmm. A true, true professionalism is leaving your personal life at the door yeah. and going out and doing the job. And um, sometimes you have to step up and perform. Mm -hmm. You may have a bad day. Uh, positive thinking and uh, leading a positive life is not just about being positive all the time. It's not just about positive self-talk and looking at things in a positive way. Mm -hmm. we, the same daily struggles are there. Mm -hmm. It's about being able to push that to the side, concentrating and focusing on what you have to do yeah. and going through with it, turning up. You have to turn up. Mm -hmm. hmm. So in terms of your own public speaking then, what does your preparation look like? Oh, my preparation takes the form of notes in the beginning. Uh -huh. I don't like to write them all in one place. Okay. So. I may write something on a scrap piece of paper. I like to collect them all in a little box <laughs> and I like to place them all out in front of me. Walking with my dogs away out in the countryside, those little things that I've written come in different flashes. So I may speak out loud, I may ponder on the subject. Then I have to start doing, I have to start speaking out loud on different uh, keywords whether it's passion, mm. whether it's vision, mm -hmm. for, uh, uh, whether it's action, implementation, habit, changing habit. That's a big thing in my life, changing habits, keeping old ones at bay. Mm -hmm. And repetition, repetition. I don't like to memorize something that I'm speaking about, but I do like to get as much information surrounding that and relating it to personal experience so that when it comes time, when you're up there, mm -hmm. you've got it on tap. 
who have been your biggest influences in terms of uh, speaking? In terms of speaking, okay. Um, as far as public speakers go, there are some lesser known speakers that I've just heard say some great things uh -huh. that, that, that I know has come from the heart. I've never seen Tony Robbins live. Okay. Or uh, he was in uh, London recently, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, I'm motivated by people who, uh, underdogs, by someone who maybe has a fear of speaking. So if I see someone at Toastmasters, uh -huh. who's maybe put it off for a few weeks and they decide to get up and they give their all. <laughs> that inspires me. Yeah. I love to see that. I, I love to see that. Um, if I read about someone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone. Hmm. Stallone faced so much rejection over the Rocky. He sold his dog. Is that right? He yeah. sold his dog. Jeez. He... He, he was living in poverty. Mm -hmm. No one believed in him. He couldn't talk properly. He couldn't act. His script was rubbish compared <laughs> to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So he faced every known rejection that anyone can ever face. Yeah. He never lost his belief. You know what he did when someone took his rocky script on? He bought his dog back. He went to the person offered him a lot of money and got his dog back. Yeah. This is a man that never dropped belief. That type of person inspires me. Yeah. I don't see the guy who has millions and millions and who's been in all the top movies. Mm -hmm. I remember the struggle. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, this man had a vision from a very young age. Bodybuilding was a bridge. It, it was a bridge to the movies. Everyone mocked him or thought it couldn't be done. Mm -hmm. He thought, why shouldn't I be in the movies? Why shouldn't I? I'm going to go to America. I'm going to make my life. I'm going to be the champion at, at, at whatever I put my mind to. And he did it six times, Mr. Olympia. He had his share of B movies. N not only did he excel in movies, he went to acting classes. Mm -hmm. He had a name no one could pronounce. <laughs> he had an accent that the movie uh, industry did not want. Yeah. He became governor of California. Yeah. But he also yeah. endured the death of his brother along the way. He had family problems. He, he, he has his own personal struggles. Mm -hmm. We don't relate famously rich people with personal struggles, but they it's all true. have them. Yeah. They, they all have them. So uh, uh, when I hear those people speak, that's motivating to me. Um, High achievers are not necessarily happy either. Elvis Presley mm. had everything anyone could want. I remember watching an interview with Priscilla Presley's wife, and she says, Elvis would get so, so lonely at times and distant that there wasn't a damn thing that anyone could do about it. Mm -hmm. It was lost in his mind somewhere else. He was a very sad man. He, he, he suffered from depression. He, he was addicted to prescription drugs, but these are all actions of someone who's lost something in life and, yeah. and, and, and been able to get over that. Uh -huh. uh, it's a very sad story, you know? So I'm motivated by people who have come through adversity, 
who have come through struggles mm -hmm. and, 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 and try to help others do the same. It's, uh, it, I don't go out my way to look at motivational speakers specifically. Okay. Although uh, that's what I like to do, but, but I do go out of my way to listen to people, regardless of what their career path is, that have a story to tell, a personal story. Yeah. Great answer. <laughs> Great answer. <clears throat> it's been brilliant to find out uh, more about you, Max. You know, it's been really fascinating and your answers are, are absolutely on point. You know, Thank you. Brilliant. <laughs> it's been a, a real lesson. At this stage, I'd really like to go a bit kind of deeper, okay. maybe cover some of the larger, more philosophical topics. And um, this show is ultimately all about purpose. So we'll, we'll start there. What do you feel at this stage in your life is your purpose? To help people who were perhaps a shadow of what I used to be like. Hmm. If someone is, suffers from fear, for someone who maybe can't tell someone else, who, who, who doesn't have the courage to, be, to open up about it, mm -hmm. for someone who has no belief and is shot down by other people, attacking that lack of belief all the time. These are the people that I would like to reach out to. That's why I'm gravitating towards the public speaking circuit. Mm -hmm. And I've no doubt that, that, that I will be able to reach out to those people, to help people improve their lives, mm -hmm. to help people improve their businesses, to, to help people improve each other, to work as a team to give back, to absolutely give back everything. And if, if I can help someone just with a little pinch of salt, mm -hmm. give them an ounce of belief, that's my purpose. That's my purpose. That's a, a beautiful, beautiful answer. Brilliant. What would you like your legacy to be? Because I'm a father now, that's changed. Hmm. Uh, if I'd been a single person, um, that would probably be much more difficult to answer. And I would probably have very different motives uh, towards that end. But um, my legacy would be to leave for my son Magnus that he should be able to express himself, believe in himself, and go in a path, regardless of what anyone says, hmm. that he believes in and can achieve. Um, uh, one of the best things that anyone ever said to me uh, came from one of my own friends. When he knew that I was breaking away from my full-time job and gravitating towards what I wanted to do. He says, Max, reach for the stars and don't let anyone tell you you can't do it. And as a very close friend, I always remind myself, I don't know whether he knows it or not, but that saying's constantly there with me. Be yourself. If I can just leave my son with an example of that, that your dad tried, you can do it better. You don't have to grow up 
with the feelings that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. I would like to leave that legacy to anyone. You can do what you put your mind to. Yeah. If I could do it again. <laughs> yes. I would do it tenfold. <laughs> <laughs> How do you um, instill that in your son? You know, how do you make sure that he, he does have those beliefs and that confidence? Ultimately, it's his own choice. But, but I think if you create the environment that he lives in, mm -hmm. that you have to work hard for whatever you, you want in life, yeah. that you have to experience pain along the way, mm -hmm. you, you have to cope with disappointment. Mm -hmm. You don't, nothing in life's free. You, you, you really, the best things in life are free, uh, 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 you know, but anything from a work perspective, working hard yeah. to make your mark in the world, you, you have to work excessively hard uh, to do that. So uh, hard work, I think I, le I let a lot of years go by without that principle in mind, but those years are valuable. Of course. Those years are valuable, you, you know, I probably... There's a few things I would change, but, but um, I think I would like to create an environment. Every father wants his son to, or th their daughter to have what they didn't have. But I think there's nothing wrong with having nothing. There's nothing wrong with wanting and can't have. I think we live in an age now where we can have whatever we want. Mm -hmm. we, we use our flexi friends, um, we, 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 we want this, we want that. I don't think that does us any good. Um, I think we need to learn that we have to break sweat, whether it's personal or physical or both, to get what we want in life. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. How do you define success? Success is Achievement over self, mastery over self. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't believe you fully conquer your fears. I believe they're always there. But I think once you know them, once you respect them, once you take moves going towards them, that you learn to deal with them effectively and successfully. And I think when you learn to do that, you're successful. I think when you learn to be honest with yourself and others, you're also successful. Mm -hmm. I think hiding away, I think concealing things is not a successful behavior. I think success revolves around maturity and being able to express yourself in an honest and truthful way. So when other people see you, it's exactly what it is. There, there, there's no deceitment, there's mm -hmm. no concealment, there's, it's complete and utter honesty. And as a public speaker, that's very important. Yeah. It's, um, success is an everyday thing, an everyday thing. Get through each day, one day at a time, get through each day. Mm -hmm. It's good to have long-term successful goals, but you need to get through each day. <laughs> you don't know what we're, what's around the corner. King Solomon always says, we are all victims of unforeseen occurrences. And uh, we don't know what's around the corner next week, the, the month after, or a year down the line. So yeah. get through each day, get through each day well. <laughs> it's, it's really, I, I think that's a brilliant answer. And what's quite unusual is, I've asked so many people this question, and the majority of people say, virtually everyone says, it's not about money, um, it's essentially about happiness. 
but nobody has really touched on the idea of um, self-mastery. And I think that's such a good way of defining success. I think when we are all in our deathbeds, that's probably the most honest point in our lives. Yeah. Because I think we look back and see what we could have done better. Mm-hmm. Or we wish we'd said that. We wish we'd done this. Mm-hmm. We wish we did this. It's a, it's a time where we look on regret, mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. you know, for some people. So I think to leave it all hanging out, to say everything that, that is in your mind, to open up everything about yourself, to, to express your emotions, to express yourself in every way, shape and form does not leave room for a regret. And I think that's a success at the end of the day. Yeah. David Niven, the, 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 the English actor, he was dying of cancer in his deathbed. You know what the very last thing he did was? He gave a thumbs up. <laughs> what an outlook on life. Yeah. That is success. That is very moving. Mm-hmm. He had no fear. He felt fulfilled. Mm-hmm. He gave reassurance to the people around him that he was, what an attitude. What an attitude. That, 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 that is admirable. That's always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. That's success. Yeah. That, that is success. He had no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the habits that you have that you think make you successful? Habits are hard work. <laughs> uh, establishing new habits. The habits that I've had that make me successful are writing stuff down. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great one. It you've really got is. to write stuff down, and you've got to review it. Uh-huh. Um, thinking a lot. Thinking. Establishing <laughs> the habit of thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't read a lot of fiction. Mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time thinking of where I've been, where I am, and where I'm going. If I feel my brain's working, I get up out of bed. We, we have to get used with um, sacrifice and sleep mm. for 24 hours in a day. So the habit of not so much time management, but using your time to maximize your energy yeah. <laughs> makes for good habits. Um, if everyone's in, in bed and I'm up thinking and writing and doing, <laughs> I feel I have an edge. Yeah. I feel I'm getting a head start, not on anyone else, but in on my own plan. Other habits, self-talk, absolutely. Um, seeing things for what they are, not dwelling too much on the negatives, acknowledging them uh, if they're important, pushing them to the side. How we think is a habit. Um, how we think governs how we behave. So the 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 two, the forging of attitude and behaviour, that's an ongoing habit. That's a very important thing. Mm-hmm. 
great stuff. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are wondering this. What are your, I'm, and I'm going to make a point of phrasing it in this way, what are your biggest life goals? Where is Max at the apex of his career? What are you doing? What does your life look like? Ultimately, well, <laughs> I see myself speaking on a big stage. That's not an that's not an egotistical height to aim for, mm. or in in any means. But I see myself speaking and imparting knowledge and experience to change people. I see myself feeling accomplished, feeling fulfilled. I have no doubt, no doubt that, 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 that when I set out my goals that I'm going to reach them. Uh, absolutely no doubt, <laughs> no doubt at all. I will go there with, with, with all the energy of a bulldog going after a cat. <laughs> I will get there. Uh, not your cat. <laughs> but ultimately, I see myself achieving my goals. I will achieve my goals. Absolutely. There's nothing surer. But I'm going to enjoy the, the trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so will that look like, you know, uh, Maxwell Muir International, you know, best-selling speaker selling out arenas? If it's a bestseller as far as books go, yeah. I'm not so sure about that one. If <laughs> uh, unless someone writes it for me, and <laughs> I just uh, tell them. But um, I have the capability to do that. I, if it goes in that direction, uh -huh. if that's my calling, I will jump to it. I'm speaking in Budapest next month, 17th of June. At the it's my first motivational talk at the Mega Success Expo. Mm -hmm. And I see that growing. I, I see that type of challenge growing. And I think when you take on challenges, life is about opportunities. <laughs> and more opportunities will open. And as those open, some of them I will disregard, some I will embrace. The yeah. ones I choose to embrace will help me grow. Um, it's a fine line by people thinking that, that it's an egotistical thing. It's not. I just, mm. I'm a high achiever. I want the very best for myself when I write down a goal. Mm -hmm. I, I don't write mediocre yeah. goals. I, I want to take it as far as it can go. Yeah. Um, it, it's like an athlete. They want to get the best out Absolutely. of themselves. So whether you're a Magic Johnson, a Michael Jordan, an Evander Holyfield, a Conor McGregor, <laughs> any of those people, they're not egotistical, they're hard workers. Yeah. They want to give their all and yeah. see what they're capable of. <laughs> I'm no different from them. Mm -hmm. And that's, I love to speak, I love to express myself. My arena is on the platform, yeah. it's on stage. So I am growing towards that end. <laughs> I've I've said this before. I I genuinely think it's a little bit. Um, it's certainly a shame. It's almost tragic that you have to caveat or qualify a statement by saying, "I don't mean this to sound egotistical." Yeah, you should really be able to say whatever you want Absolutely. without fear of being judged. It's you know, and it's it's kind of symptomatic of 
symptomatic sorry of the way the world is at the moment that you have to be apologetic for having big goals it's just so ludicrous it is ludicrous <laughs> i think anyone who sets their sights high and achieves yeah set themselves up to be judged and criticized mm -hmm. that that attracts <laughs> and it can awful be done in hurtful and scornful ways so i i think we need to just acknowledge that and mm -hmm move on from it yeah. it's uh, th there's no high achiever who has not come under some sort of hate or yeah. dislike or uh, been a target for mockery yeah and i think part of your involvement of self and expression of self mm -hmm. i i think the bigger you are the more come against you. Hmm. But there are also more for you as well. Yeah. And we, we live in that type of world. We, our world is being shaped by masses who flock to the arena. So whether you go back to the Roman Colosseum, the Greek Colosseums, the Acropolis in Greece mm -hmm. was a, an established pay, place for public speaking. <laughs> Much like our House of Commons. Where, where your philosophers and, and people would sit back in judgment and mock. People love to do it. People love to do it. So I think when you stick your neck out and want to achieve something so much, you're going to attract that. Yeah. They're there anyway. Yeah. Those type of people are there anyway. Uh -huh. so, so we just need to turn the, ground, the volume down and make that background music. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Two fingers up to the naysayers, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> there will always be naysayers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there will always be those that resent you for going after your dreams. Mm. And those are the people that we talk about that may be on their deathbeds with regret. Yeah. We yeah. live such a short time. A short time. Yeah. You know, it's uh, life's precious. Life's beautiful. <laughs> it's... Uh, Regardless where you are in life, if you decide I've had enough, I'm going to change. Where you are is perfect to start from. <laughs> you can be homeless on the street. You, you can be from an impoverished country or where you are is the best place to start. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Going back to my friend who says, uh, yeah. reach for the stars and don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it. That meant a lot because we were friends mm -hmm. and because he knew me very well. Our, our, our dads were friends as well. Um, simple things. My friend that passed away with a puppy, be yourself. Two simple words, mm -hmm. but a lot of people find it difficult to be themselves yeah. and know yourself. Roosevelt once says, keep your feet in the ground and your eyes on the stars. <laughs> that's great. And that's a good saying as well. It is. But um, Bruce Lee also said something and I've got it written down in three or four of my notebooks. 
if you always put limits on yourself, you might as well be dead because you're dead inside. Now, that's a strong statement. Yeah. But when you look deep into what he was talking about, this is a man that was after personal growth. This is a man that was in search of self. Mm -hmm. So much the heart. <laughs> I think when we live with limits on ourselves, we're not being very fair to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're not giving ourselves a, a fair deal. Yeah. There is life without limits out there, you know, for the vast majority of people. And I think to shrink back from them is, um, I don't like to see that. Yeah. I like to see people reach their potential. It's, uh, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, be all you can be, be everything you can be. That's what advice I would give to myself. <laughs> Which is uh, funny because... Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you had the opportunity to speak to the 20-year-old you, what would you say? The 20-year-old me was uh, mixed up, wild. I'd say watch the company you keep. Mm -hmm. I've mixed around with a lot of companies. Some are still friends. Um, a lot of what I do, I've had to change my social circle. Mm -hmm. I've had to change who I've socialized with, uh, who I've uh, gone around with. If their line of thinking is not in an alignment with what I want to do. Mm. Um, I don't think bad of them in any way. Some are supportive. Some take it personally. <laughs> yeah. When you decide to change paths, when you change habits, you change friends. Yeah. That's a certainty. And you you must behave in a different way so your behaviour does not attract that type of we can have good influences and bad influences. Who you hang around with is who you become. Absolutely. And um I would say watch the company you keep. Uh -huh. <laughs> because I digressed in so many different areas in life on my travels and it, it was not always to my benefit. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of um, friendships then, I mean, is it, has it been the case that you've naturally drifted away from some people or has it been yes. more of a, so it's not been a sort of so much a calculated decision? No, it's, it's never been calculated. Um, it's been calculated in some cases where not so much with close, lifelong friends, mm -hmm. but maybe some associates that I've had. Yeah. Where I've just dropped it. I've moved away from that behavior. It's not going to get me anywhere. Mm -hmm. So if I'm truly going to change, it's okay planning, <laughs> but you need to plan your environment. You yeah. need to change your environment in order to establish good habits. Um, some of the more uh, deeper friendships that I have, I don't so much see a lot of them. Who They maybe like to party or go away or whatever. I see some of them, some of them I'm in touch with, but the social circle has it dwindled a little bit. Hmm. But your true friends know they're there for you. Hmm. They know what you want. They know you may veer off in a different direction. Um, 
when you have a purpose, you need to disappear for a while. <laughs> so just tell your friends you're going off on a long trip. <laughs> you might not be back anytime soon. I've been gone on a long trip for years now, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> if you could change anything in the world, what would it be and why? What bothers me in the world is the amount of hate that permeates society at all levels. Mm -hmm. Segregation, separatism, mm -hmm. the way I see it, regardless of our cultures or our background, we're all part of the human family. <laughs> and I think the values of that got lost somewhere along the way. Um, it can even start with neighborhoods. You know, the, the back street boys against the John Street boys type thing, you know. Uh, separatism to me is um, it's a cancer. Yeah. It's a cancer for society. And I think as far as we've come in our civilized world, we're still battling away with that. Mm. In fact, it's getting worse. It's, yeah. uh, it's probably, to me, the, the saddest thing that there is in the modern world. Yeah. To, to to see ourselves as all part of the human family, regardless mm -hmm. of creed or culture or background, yeah. is is probably the most precious thing that we can cultivate and nurture. Yeah. If we're to move forward in the world as we know it. Yeah. That's a brilliant answer. So if I ever speak in a public stage, <laughs> I speak to all people. Yeah. I speak to all people. I don't speak to a kind. I don't believe in a kind. Yeah. I, yeah. I believe in variety. I believe that every human being has something to offer mm -hmm. and should be appreciated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's superb. It's funny because it's something that I've was reflecting on just quite recently. And people may easily say, oh, well, it's easy to say because you're a white male, which, you know, I take that on board. But ultimately, you know, we are nothing more than inhabitants on planet Earth. It's when you start getting into politics, religion, and starting to label people as being different to you, that's where the problems all arise. It's, it, you know, it's almost as though society has been engineered to create divisiveness. Part of my travels back in the 90s was to the deep south of America. I made friends with quite a few people in what you would call the black area. They were on opposite sides of the bus. Mm -hmm. They lived in different parts of town. Mm -hmm. I stayed under the roof I drank in the same bars, I ate with them. I know what it's like to feel like a white guy in an area like that. Yeah. <laughs> and they all f felt funny about it. So I know what it is to feel out of place. Mm -hmm. But I looked at them as no more than friends. 
uh, 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 no less than friends. Mm -hmm. they, they, they were friends, they were brothers, they are people that I remember fondly to this day. They're, they're, there's no excuse not to treat someone like a human. Yeah. Uh, like a human being. Uh, with, with the very, the essence and the principles that, that make us human. There's no excuse for uh, that hate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Same applies to dogs as well. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Max, it's been a fantastic interview. Um, I've genuinely just absolutely loved speaking to you. Um, Thank you. You know, it's it's your the journey that you're on is is remarkable, um, and I'm really really excited to see where you go from here. Thank you. Thank you, Elliot. You're absolutely welcome. But I wish you all the best, Max. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to Inspired Edinburgh. Please come and find us on social media and leave us a review on iTunes. Many thanks.